0: Residents of the Palazzo Apartments in Los Angeles are awoken by the sound of gunshots, not a common occurrence in the swanky Beverly Grove neighborhood. A SWAT team arrives, breaks down the door of the apartment where the gunshots were heard, and discovers the bodies of dancer Stephanie Mosley and rapper Earl Hayes. A grisly scene, to say the least. Law enforcement are left with two questions. What happened the morning of December 8th? And... Could this be a murder-suicide? I'm Sarah Azari, and this is Death by Fame, Stephanie Mosley. Welcome to Death by Fame, the companion podcast of The Price of Glee and Death by Fame on ID and Discovery Plus, hosted by me, Sarah Azari, criminal defense attorney in Los Angeles. I have represented big criminal cases at the state and federal level, and I've seen the special brand of crime and scandal that thrives in Hollywood firsthand. These are crimes fueled by ambition, addiction, jealousy, and the quest for fame itself. Today, we're talking about the tragic death of Stephanie Mosley. Now, some of you may not be as familiar with Stephanie Mosley as a name, But I guarantee you've seen some of her work. Stephanie was an incredibly talented dancer. She danced with the likes of Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, Usher, and the queen herself, Beyonce. She also appeared in several movies and TV shows, including Twilight and VH1's Hit the Floor, a pretty impressive credit list for a girl from Vancouver, Canada. But her life was cut tragically short when her husband rapper Earl Hayes shot and killed her. While we can't really know Earl's motives for sure, those closest to the couple suggest that Earl Hayes was jealous of a previous fling and allegedly was spurred on by infamous boxer Floyd Mayweather. This is where the case gets weird. The morning of the shooting, Earl Hayes was on a FaceTime call with his friend and mentor Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd may or may not have seen Earl Hayes shoot and kill his wife. Later that day, Floyd was seen at an L.A. Clippers game, seemingly completely unfazed by the murder he may or may not have witnessed earlier. So what happened? And what is Floyd Mayweather's connection to all of this? To help me sort through this case, I am joined by choreographer, director, and very close friend of the late Stephanie Mosley, Paul Becker. Together, we'll take you through this case, and most importantly, honor Stephanie's memory as the talented artist that she was. Today, I'm joined by Paul Becker, who's an incredibly talented and very busy choreographer and director in Los Angeles. Paul is a three-time World Choreography Award nominee, a 2022 Leo Award winner, and a 2022 MTV Award winner for Best Musical Number. Wow, 2022 has been good to you, right? Yeah, my friend? Yeah. Uh, where he was nominated for two different films in the same category. Some notable projects from Paul that our listeners may be familiar with include the 2019 Academy Award-nominated film Ralph Breaks the Internet, Deadpool 2, The Kissing Booth 1, 2, and 3, Paul's TV work extends to Charmed, Hellcats, Legends of Tomorrow, and Riverdale for the CW, the National Geographic series Valley of the Boom, American Horror Story. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of this to say, Paul knows his way around the dance world and the celebrity and fame world in Los Angeles and the surroundings. He also knew Stephanie Mosley very well. Thanks so much for being here, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm sorry that we meet under these circumstances. This obviously was a very tragic loss of your friend. And it's really important for our listeners to hear from you just because of the connection you had and how you knew Stephanie. So tell me a little bit about yourself besides what I said and your connection to Stephanie Mosley.
1: My choreography career started around the age of 18. Mm -hmm. It's rare, but I had a very short dance career, probably a two-year dance career. And I started choreographing films pretty much right after that. Being a choreographer, I have the opportunity to hire dancers and give opportunities to dancers. And it's quite a great feeling to do that because I know what that dream's like. I grew up in Canada. And in Canada, there's a studio in Vancouver, British Columbia called Harbor Dance Center. And that is where I first saw Stephanie Mosley dance. And she was taking a jazz class. And Stephanie was 16 at the time, but she was just this phenom. Stephanie was a trained technician. Like this girl had skills. Ballet, she had extension, she could tap, she could do jazz, musical theater, hip hop, anything.
0: So more of a diverse skill set that would apply in different types of roles
1: or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm always looking for in a dancer is somebody who can be diverse. What in that moment when you saw her in this class, what drew your attention to her? Was it her beauty? Was it her dancing? It was her attack. She could attack a move and she brought so many little dynamics to the choreography that the choreographer wasn't even giving her. She had this ability to take some choreography and make it tell the story of her own. That doesn't come around too often. Mm-hmm. She had the ingredients of what I saw as a dancer I'd like to work with. And I knew Stephanie was going to take over the industry as one of the top dancers. We started working together on Hellcats, which was a TV series with Ashley Tisdale. We were together all the time in Vancouver filming Hellcats. And the whole crew became somewhat of a family. that happens on a TV set. Right. Everyone gets to know each other really we spend well. We spent so much time together. and Yeah. So I got to know her really well. And that's how our friendship blossomed. Sadly, I think like a lot of
0: talented people who achieve fame through hard work and just that innate talent that she had became even more famous after her tragic death. Because I remember I heard about this. Of course, I grew up in LA. I know exactly where the apartment building complex is, and a lot about this story caught my attention. But I was like, "Wait, who is she?" And then I had to like learn more about her, and that's a common thing. A lot of us got to, sadly, really know her and her talent because of the way that she was killed. And I hate that, but that's the truth. And as a woman, I I really hate when we are associated.
1: You know, she was married to Earl Hayes, but but what's what's crazy is. All the time I knew Stephanie, I never knew she was married. Wow. How never. often would you guys talk? All the time. A few times a week? We were in the same room all the time, we, five days a week. And I never knew she was married. You mean married. during Hellcats? During Hellcats. And then we started working together further after Hellcats. Still never brought it up. Never spoke about the guy. Never. And
0: do you think that she was dating Earl at the time? Yeah, she was. So that's interesting. I'm a pretty private person; like, I don't go out talking about yeah, who I'm dating or whatever. But do you think that some of that was her being private, or do you think she had something to hide
1: about I, that relationship? I don't think she was proud of that relationship, and I don't think she was necessarily hiding. I just think that when she was working in Canada, mm-hmm. it, she was around her mom. She was around good friends. She was in her happy place, she was a different person from when she was in LA. One wasn't bad. It wasn't like LA Stephanie was best. I'm just saying it just felt like it was two different worlds. And Did she, you ever have a discussion with her? The only discussions I ever had with Stephanie was about when she was talking about getting work done and stuff like that. And I said, Stephanie, you're <laughs> gorgeous. I would notice her having some insecurities about About the way she looked. I think she felt a lot of pressure. I don't want to make an assumption on her, but like to fit into the mold, I never knew enough to approach her with any kind of conversation about her relationship Mm -hmm. because I had heard that she was living with a guy, didn't know they were married, and I didn't know what their dynamics were at all. I just heard from friends who had stayed with them in Los Angeles.
0: So Earl Hayes, I know that she really tried to keep her relationship a secret in large part. But if you were the Wikipedia on Earl Hayes,
1: who is he? Man, I was just going to say a murderer. I, honestly, I don't I, I know nothing about the guy. I didn't even want to Google him when I heard I knew he was a music producer. I knew he was associated with Floyd Mayweather. And did you know he was a rapper? I didn't know much about his rap. Career. Okay.
0: Did so, you any know anything about what he looked like and how big he was or anything
1: like physically? No, no. I saw one photo of him and Stephanie after this all came out. I right? looked him up after. I wow. heard that Steph was seeing someone and living with someone in Los Angeles. And then when the murder came out, it was, his name was everywhere. So that's when, that's i how you learned. That's, that's how a, I learned. But mm-hmm. honestly, I was too distraught to even look him up. So yeah. I just went with what I knew him, what people told me, you know, when she passed, it was on TMZ yeah. and it was on all the media outlets and they were making her out to be this like vixen music video chick that that wasn't who she was, was. like, she was a prankster. She was silly. She was smart. And, hardworking. Oh, so hardworking. Well, that, I that tell you, the media me-
0: made it sound like she's this gorgeous, like, arm candy for Earl Hayes because he was a rapper and she was a dancer. And it was just, like, weird and insulting. I mean, as a woman, I think we do things, we have our own accomplishments. And certainly when we die, we should be known for what we've done, not yeah. who we've dated. And that was another part of the story that was like, wait a second, what, who is she, first of all? I really had to get to know who she was. And I saw that she had an amazing career of her own. She wasn't just this gorgeous dancer. It almost sounded like Earl Hayes was hanging out at some dive and met her dancing or something. It was just a weird portrayal that yeah. was very insulting,
1: I thought. I, I felt insulted by it, too. Her what her do you Dixon. miss most
0: about her now?
1: Her goofiness. I missed her goofiness because every time I would walk into the room, she'd be like, hey, Paul. And she'd have a something silly to say or some sort of joke. To, <laughs> when I was holding auditions for Disney's descendants, I called mm. Steph to come in to audition. And we were holding auditions in Los Angeles for dancers who were Canadian. So Stephanie came in and this was maybe months before she passed. This was a few months before she passed. And she came in and she She looked visibly different. I just didn't pinpoint it. She just looked more mature. Hmm. Her face looked a little different. What disappointed me was her performance. She was not dancing the same. Really? She'd lost that attack in that audition. It was this, it was because I feel like it was, she thought she was a shoe in with me. I don't know what else was going on in her life at that time. She didn't give her greatest audition. It wasn't the Stephanie i had seen all those years before. I'm not saying that she lost everything. I'm just saying it was that one moment where. And this is not too long before she was killed. This was a few months before. Did you
0: ask her about that? Like, hey, what's going
1: on? You're not delivering the same. You know, things were, things were moving so quickly Uh, uh, that I didn't, I didn't have a conversation with her about it.
0: It's interesting though, right? You got to wonder, it's obviously not any kind of. It coincides with the change in her looks. it's not because of that. you have well, to wonder like what else is going on
1: emotionally I, or I wondered, but she was still working like she was people yeah. she was working like she was working, but sometimes when you become a, such a working dancer that you're not training as hard right anymore.
0: you didn't see a change in her personality, You saw a change in her looks and Although it sounds like it made her happy from what I'm hearing, she was looking more mature, so maybe not as great for some of the things she was trying, the parts she was trying to get. I know that there was a lot of stories about jealousy,
1: an Earl suspecting that she was seeing other people. I saw a Stephanie that was professional. I saw a Stephanie that was loving, fun, goofy, all the above. But I also saw somebody that had like, that wasn't, she wasn't chasing guys. Like she wasn't chasing, she wasn't doing, that wasn't her. So I never saw that, but what's going on behind closed doors. Obviously there was something going on between the two of them that wasn't healthy. That was toxic. The first time I heard of Earl Hayes, it was Earl Hayes the murderer, not Earl Hayes the rapper, not Earl Hayes the music producer, or the boyfriend, or the boyfriend, yeah. or the husband.
0: I mean, look, at this point who knows, right? But all the reports are that they were married. You were one of her closest people and you don't really even know the reality that she was living in. So, you have to wonder what's true and what's not. I want to talk to you about the news about the shooting. I know that you probably will never forget this and as Tragic. It's something that when we experience it stays with us. Walk me through what happened on the day of Stephanie's murder. Where were you and how did you learn about the news?
1: Oh, man. The moment I heard about Stephanie's murder, I was actually directing a, a Ringling Brothers circus. I was in Sarasota, Florida, and there had just been this motorcycle accident. We were dealing with this ball of death. And boom, these two guys collided and they were injured and the paramedics were there and it was chaos. And then my phone rings and it was Robbie Jones, one of the actors from Hellcats. And he said, yo, did you hear about Steph? And I said, what? And then he told me, he said, she passed away. And then, yeah. And then I was just like, everything stopped. All the chaos around me just became mute. And I was like, how? And he said, I don't really know. I just know that she passed. And I don't think the details were really out yet. Was it shortly after she had been shot? It It was was like- Within hours or something? I think it was within hours. And it was at nighttime. And because I was three hours ahead, it was the end of my day in Sarasota. I just remember just feeling numb. And they asked me, what's wrong? And I just said, my friend just died. I called her mom right away. I don't, I mean, it was probably too soon to call her mom, but her mom answered and she was just in tears. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. It wasn't, it wasn't a conversation. It was one of those conversations where you just, you're just present.
0: Yeah. There's
1: nothing or not, (laughs) or not. And there's nothing you can say. Yeah. There's nothing you can say. So it was tough being on the phone. I don't think I deal with death and things like that very well. I haven't had to too much in my life, so Thank it's goodness. foreign. It's foreign to me.
0: You know, doing what I do, the murder of a significant other, whether it's your spouse or partner, dating partner, typically when you use a gun, and obviously there's no rule for this, but in my experience, typically murders that where a weapon is used are heat of passion killings. There's an argument and there's jealousy, whatever it is. And in that heat of the moment, you grab the weapon and you kill. So obviously, based on my experience, that's what I sort of assume happened here, especially because there were reports about there's a lot of jealousy. You know, Earl thought that she's cheating. She's a gorgeous woman. Men were probably looking at her, whatever. But there's also instances where a spouse could plan a murder for financial gain for because they're cheating and they don't want to get caught or whatever it is, right? It can also be escalated domestic violence. There's been a lot of violence, and then eventually you reach out for the gun. But if I were to speculate, I would say this was an escalated, horrible, toxic, jealousy ridden type of relationship that just got to a point where he just lost it, especially because he took his own life too
1: afterwards. You didn't really
0: know Floyd Mayweather, right? Before
1: this. Mm-mm. I've never met Floyd. You, just, you knew who he was. I mean? knew who Floyd Mayweather was, and I knew that there was a tie between her boyfriend and Floyd. Right. I didn't know.
0: Do you think that this was something do you see him as having a part in this in any way? Other than being a witness.
1: I don't know. I just heard rumors. I've heard other people's speculations. I've heard everything that from what? I've heard everything from he gave earl a piece of information that earl acted on i heard that he was the witness i heard that he was talking him off the ledge i don't know i just heard just rumors only he knows i think i don't even has he has he testified or talked or anything he's the only one who really knows yeah i
0: mean i think there was no case because hayes took his own life so there was no justice in that respect had there been i think Mayweather would have definitely been a witness at a minimum. I don't think he would have carried legal liability in a sense of being like an aider or a better or anything like that. But when I brought up that whole thing about what happened here, like why? Obviously it's so senseless, right? You go, why the hell would you do this? Even if you are jealous, right? Get a handle on your emotions. You don't kill somebody, you know? And again, I'm it's not fair to some extent because I'm asking you to speculate because she didn't really share much about her relationship. But what do you think happened? Do you think this was planned? Do you think it was, or do you think there was an argument and he lost his shit or, you know, or it was an escalated domestic
1: violence that was ongoing? I don't know. I mean, I saw no signs of domestic violence, so I can only assume that it was a crime of passion.
0: You never saw bruises on her, like covered up with makeup or anything like that?
1: I never saw bruises on her.
0: And when you say that she wasn't able to really dance as well when you auditioned her, um, it wasn't because she was injured or anything, no, right? No, it
1: wasn't because she was injured. I just think that she was on the road touring so much that she wasn't training as much and she wasn't auditioning as much. So she didn't have as much attack.
0: I mean, obviously you were a good friend and you're still really, you know, it's hard for you to even talk about this. So I appreciate it. But Mayweather, I know he was Earl's friend, not Stephanie's friend, but still, he's a human being. After possibly having witnessed her being shot, essentially,
1: he goes to like a L.A. Clippers game. What, what do you, what's your reaction to that? I remember reading that my first reaction was, that's messed up. And then I thought to myself, like later on down the road, I thought about it. and I was like, I don't know. People grieve in different ways. And I don't know if he needed this to get out or what, but I know I wouldn't respond that way. I know I was grieving in a different way at the time. And I know that if it was um But if even I, if you're
0: not grieving, it's so disturbing. And there's also questions raised in reports about who Mayweather was in terms of, you know, he had a history of domestic violence. And so is it really like Does he just look at this like, oh yeah, she deserved it. I'm going to go watch the Clippers play. Or is it really that, I mean, is, is it, is he that much of a heartless guy? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's just very, I mean, I know it's not even about your relationship to the person watching something like that is pretty, it's pretty paralyzing, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't know the person.
1: Well, he lost a friend too. and. Man, I don't even know what he saw, but I'm sure it was chaos. And then hearing the news, it kind of put things into perspective that life is short and fragile, fragile. Life is short. Life is fragile. So after all the dust settled and all the information kind of came to light of how she was murdered and just learning that. She was going through, I just felt so bad. I felt sad because I didn't see it. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't help her. You know, she touched a lot of people. So, you know, the community really gathered around and we had a memorial and we were just celebrating her life. It was beautiful. She really had an impact on the dance community as a whole that she would carry on in her legacy. There's not a day goes by where it doesn't, hit you is, you know, grief is a complicated thing that creeps up on you when you least expect it.
0: How do you want our listeners to remember Stephanie, Paul?
1: I want our listeners to remember Stephanie as somebody who was extremely talented, skilled, dynamic. She was kind. She was sweet. She was human. And she was a good family person. I think that was first and foremost. Stephanie was a trustworthy person. Like I put her in positions of trust. There were times where I needed her help on a professional level. And she was there. Like she would jump on a plane at a moment's notice to help. Loyal? Loyal. She was a loyal person. Stephanie was very loyal. And, uh, and I'm glad I knew her.
0: Welcome to Sarah's Sidebar. What is at stake for Floyd Mayweather legally, if anything? That's a question that many have asked. What does it mean to have witnessed a murder like that if in fact he did witness the murder? There's absolutely zero evidence that Mayweather encouraged, let alone orchestrated, a murder-suicide or even a murder. Unless we have evidence that he either explicitly or at least implicitly told his friend Earl Hayes to kill Mosley, his wife, there is nothing but a good friend on FaceTime doing his best to de-escalate his friend's anger, let him vent, and stop him from committing a fatality. I can see Mayweather saying, dude, you got to leave her, even maybe end it with her. Not end her, but end the relationship. Finish this marriage. Move on. The killer? That's possible. Everything's possible. But it's highly unlikely. We only know what you show. And here, we have no evidence of foul play or even riling up by Floyd Mayweather. Now, many of you ask, what is my take? You know, this is Sarah's sidebar, after all. What is my take on possibly having witnessed something like that and then going to an L.A. Clippers game? Okay, so, look. He may not have legal liability, but what about simply having empathy as a human being? Any person would be distraught, saddened, shocked, horrified, or all of the above after possibly having witnessed a murder-suicide or even just a murder. Most wouldn't be able to resume their daily activity and work, let alone attending a social event, a game. I just find Mayweather's response shocking and distasteful, but that doesn't mean anything beyond that. And I guess at the same time, everyone is different and people react differently in every situation. That's it for this season of Death by Fame. Thank you so much for listening and following. It has been an absolute pleasure of mine hosting this season's episodes. I invite all of you to stay connected with us with ID, with Discovery Plus, and you can, of course, find me on social media. My handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Azari Law, and on TikTok, at The Azari Defense. Death by Fame is produced by Ample Entertainment for ID. ID executive producer is Lorna Thomas, and coordinating producer is Paris Peckerman. Death by Fame is written and produced by Maggie Robinson Katz. Producers are Jamie Tomashiro and Joya Bearden. Executive producer is Catherine Vaughn. Sound designer and audio engineer is Brendan Dalton.